You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. I'm Mella Borowski, and you're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle. Grab a cup of tea and get comfy. It's time to get witchy. Our guest today is Magic Freegren, a Swedish author and artist. She loves storytelling in all different formats, including fiction, comics, animation, and filmmaking. On her YouTube channel, The Secret Doll Society, she creates videos that mix a lot of different elements. Stop-motion animation, acting, ASMR, horror, mystery, and often humor. She makes all the dolls herself. We're going to see some of those today. And she's used her channel to create her own fictional universe. Magic is also an eclectic witch and feels that there is a connection between creativity and spirituality. And I am so thrilled to have you here. Welcome, Magic. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I've been watching a lot of your videos on YouTube, both of your YouTube channels. There is a lot I want to talk to you about, but we're going to start with your YouTube channel, The Secret Doll Society, which mixes ASMR with horror. So for our listeners who don't know what ASMR is, what is that? Okay, so ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. <laughs> which is something that is very hard to say five times fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But in short, it it really comes down to pleasant sounds that can trigger pleasant shiver feelings. Most people will call them tingles. And uh, a lot of people use ASMR as a way to relax and handle anxiety. I myself struggled a lot with problems with sleeping and falling asleep. And I would get a lot of anxiety right before falling asleep. So ASMR has really helped me because almost every night I will listen to ASMR and fall asleep to that. And it really, really calms me down. Then, of course, there are many different genres of ASMR. There are everything from people not talking at all and just uh, crinkling paper or just cutting someone's hair or brushing or just making pleasant sounds. But then there are also people that whisper or maybe they speak very softly and things like that. And there, there are a lot of creativity in the ASMR community and because it is very much focused on relaxation you would think it's all about just cozy videos which it definitely is for a huge majority of the content but there is actually quite a a creative community of horror creators that uses ASMR to tell horror stories a lot of the times they will be role-playing characters from horror movies and things like that and When I discovered that, I got so excited because I'm a big fan of horror and I don't scare very easily. So that probably contributes to the fact that I really enjoyed watching those videos before going to bed. And it was so interesting to me because in horror you always see those jump scares and there's a lot of action in horror movies. And 
in ASMR horror videos, there really is no jump scares because they are still very calming to listen to and spoken in that typical ASMR way. But they still have that unsettling atmosphere. And that was so interesting to me and it really inspired me. And yeah, the, the potential for art and storytelling within ASMR that was something that really grabbed my attention and I wanted to explore for myself. I am actually a very huge fan of ASMR myself. And the people that I watch are ASMR Zeitgeist and Goodnight Moon. I love I love those. I love both of them. Yeah, yeah they're awesome. Goodnight Moon actually has a whole kind of witchy roleplay mm. type thing. But I'd never heard of horror ASMR until I was watching your videos. And I really loved it. You know, I, I didn't think that, like you were saying, those two things matched together, but it was actually very interesting and also very relaxing. So what's the story behind the Secret Doll Society? Yeah, so it all started on my personal channel because I do a lot of oddities hauls after I have been to flea markets because I love collecting old vintage items that speak to my imagination and that are weird or curious and that I can use in my art. So I have been collecting vintage dolls for a long time and that also inspired me to get more into doll making myself. So I had quite a big group of dolls in my home that just kept growing and growing. And it became kind of a joke on my channel that uh, it, they were the secret doll society. And it mostly came from the fact that I had them in the same room as all my strange uh, supernatural books and things like that. So mm. I always assumed that they were just hanging out in there all day reading those weird books and <laughs> you know I was into some really weird books especially as a teenager I was all about aliens and secret societies and <laughs> that stuff yeah, yeah. so I thought that oh those dolls they will get a very strange worldview because this is all they are exposed to all the time right. <laughs> yeah so absolutely uh, great so that was kind of how I came up with the idea for the Secret Doll Society. And from there on, I started to do small sketches and things just for fun on my personal channel about the Secret Doll Society. And I really liked the idea of all my dolls being alive and having their own secret club. So I started to just imagine what life would be like if they were running around and we were doing things together and stuff like that. And that was kind of the basic of the story. So the story for the ASMR channel, all the videos are very much, they work on a standalone basis, but there is this bigger story that they are all part of. And uh, so, yeah, the overall storyline is that me, well, my, my sort of alter ego, <laughs> fictional alter ego, I started an ASMR channel together with my doll roommates, so we can both post videos to the channel, but pretty soon things get out of hand because the videos don't really go the way I plan. I start to get strange messages and there's a ritual, an occult ritual that goes a bit wrong. And uh, there, there seems to be a lot in my past that I have forgotten about. So it's pretty much about me and the dolls trying to figure out the 
story of my past and what really happened. So it's a lot about memory and identity currently. Okay. And you make the dolls yourself that you use in this? Yes, I make all of them. I use paper mache pretty much, but mm. what I use is pretty much acrylic paint and a glue that is called Modge Pod and uh, toilet paper. That's mm. the big secret. I tear pieces of toilet <laughs> paper and I build up the faces and everything. Okay, and you've got a few with you right now? Yes, I got a few of them with me, three of them. Introduce, introduce a couple of them for us? Yeah, so I have one here that is, um, she's a clown lady and she's called Henrietta. And she's actually based on a painting I did. And I got really into the character that I had painted. So I wanted to make her and turn her into a real doll so she could be out in the 3D world, <laughs> not just inside of the painting. Yeah. And uh, this one is called Amadeus. He's the first one I made. I see him as sort of an academic. He has the glasses. It's kind of funny because those glasses belonged to a doll I found on the flea market. So they are very vintage. And I didn't plan for him to actually have glasses, but they fit perfectly. So Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, so he had to have, have them. And then I also took Ada with me. She is a very reserved doll wearing a party hat. Well, she's beautiful. They're, they're all so cool. I remember seeing Amadeus. Is that the middle yeah. one? Yeah. I, I saw a video with him. I remember seeing him with a box where you're getting a... Uh, your alter ego was getting a message in a box. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> so cool that you make those yourself with Mod Podge and toilet paper. <laughs> wow. It's kind of unexpected. <laughs> Yeah, it, that is so creative. Mm -hmm. And you do all the stop motion animation yourself as well? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do all the stop motion animation and I actually do everything on my phone currently. So mm -hmm. I mix a lot of different apps and so I, yeah, I, I like the creativity that that sort of demands because when you don't have super fancy equipment, you kind of have to make it work. And I like the challenge of that. It really inspires me and I will like sit and think about like, how can I create that special effect and how can I make it look like this? And I really love that. And you like low budget music yeah. and, and other things too as well, yes. don't you? It may sound a bit weird, but usually when artists, when they like get really famous and they do very fancy music videos with a lot of computer generated effects and everything, I kind of lose interest because everything looks kind of plastic. But when you go back and you look at maybe the first music video that an artist did and everything came out of their own pocket and they just tried to make things work. They just feel so much more magical and real. And I think that is something that we, we should remember with special effects in horror movies today because, I mean, there's a reason why the first Jurassic Park movie still looks so good. <laughs> and that is because they made so many of the dinosaurs for real. And when you have some things being real and physically there and other things being computer generated, that just makes the illusion better, I think. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an, kind of an alternative reality and you have your alter ego there. What do you do to separate yourself from your alter ego? So it's just this very silly thing that I did because my name is Magic and yes, it really is my name legally as well. And I spell it, you know, the, the most common way with a C at the end. But for my alter ego, I added the K, <laughs> alias okay. the Crowley style. So everyone will, will know. It's kind of, kind of a good thing because then if someone comments about the story, they can add the K in and I, I won't take it as a personal attack or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I was really excited when I chatted with you on Facebook and you said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a witch too. <laughs> and you have that separate channel where you post witchy content, which I hope listeners will actually go to and check out. So how is your creative process connected to your spiritual practice? Yeah, well, for me, I think creativity is the most important thing to me in my life. So the way I see the link between creativity and spirituality is that the universe is constantly being created. It is always in the process of being born, growing and changing and transforming. So when we as humans are going through our own process of being creative, we are taking part in and mirroring the most important process in the universe. That process that keeps our world and the higher planes going. And I think that is why art is so important to us as a species. It makes our energy sink with higher forces and the very fabric of reality. So to me, it is a very spiritual thing to be creative. And I feel very, very connected to myself and higher relames when I am creating. The Firestone Spell, to bring inspiration and creativity to any work that you're doing. So what you're going to need are some herbs or incense to burn. Some good incense might be frankincense or something with cinnamon or ginger. If you have a red candle, you can use that or use white. And you need a stone. And the best place to get this stone would be going outside somewhere in your yard or maybe a garden and finding a stone small enough to fit in your hand, maybe even to fit in your pocket, that's been laying out under the sun. Because you're going to want to paint a symbol on it, so you want to have that sun energy in it and also have a side that is suitable for painting on. And so you will need a paintbrush and some paint as well. Gold or copper would be perfect. And maybe even a little clear varnish if you'd like to put over it. So go ahead and light your herbs. Perhaps you've got some resin or herbs on a charcoal disc or you may just have some herbs that you're burning. And if you are casting a circle, go ahead and do that. Light your candle. And we're calling upon Oya, a great African goddess associated with lightning storms for this spell. And so you could say something like, Oya, 
I invoke you, lady of the lightning stroke, lady of the sudden fire, may it strike as I desire. And then paint on your stone a vertical zigzag that looks like a lightning strike. And you could even surround it by something that looks like flame, if you like. Pass the stone through the smoke of your incense or herbs, and then through the heat of the candle flame. Hold it in your cupped hands and say, I seek inspiration in the name of Oya, and by all of her names, known and unknown. And then just visualize lightning striking the stone. Imagine that energy passing right into it. Pulling that energy of inspiration like a lightning strike into your hand. And close the circle. When your paint is dry, you can always varnish the top of it. And whenever you seek inspiration, just summon it by clasping that stone in your hands. mean to you? I know it means different things to different people. What is it to you? Well, I mean, to me, it really comes down to the practical definition of practicing witchcraft. For a, That's a big part of it, I think. But I also really like the fact that everyone has their own definition of being a witch. So, you know, it doesn't matter how you perform your magic or that it, it really comes down to your own personal perspective. So I do want to mention that. But for me, I guess it comes down to the fact that I practice witchcraft. And that is something I have been doing ever since I was a little kid. I, I didn't realize it back then, but I did so many spells as a child. And, you know, I didn't call it that. And it wasn't until I was uh, about 15 that I discovered that Wicca existed. And that was really mind-blowing because I realized that, oh, there are other people doing the same things that I am doing. And it's yeah. this whole community. And I went on to YouTube and I discovered Tiptoe Chick and Charming Pixie Floor. I think those channels were really big back in the day and they inspired me so much. But, but Wicca, I mean, I think it's a very wonderful faith, but it has never really been something I have fitted into. I'm I'm really all about being very, very eclectic and solitary. And I'm very sort of left-hand path because I really want to focus on my own individuality and have my own sort of, like, reflect on what I believe and what I believe is to be ethical and follow my own rules. Because when I do that, I really feel like I come into my own power and I take responsibility for myself and I really understand the impact of what I'm doing. I moved uh, about, it's over a year ago now, I moved out in the woods after living in Stockholm, which is the biggest city in Sweden. And I was born there, I lived in the middle of the city all my life. And then I just, no, I need to change things up. <laughs> and I moved to my great-grandmother's house, which has been in the family all my life. I have always been here in the summer. So I moved to her house in the north of Sweden, out in the woods. And that has very much, much made me connect to traditional witchcraft and 
I recently read a book called The Crooked Path and it was really interesting because, because of course that is very much based in England but the attitude of connecting to the local folklore and uh, your ancestors and the nature around you that really rings true to me now because I actually have the possibility of doing that because you know in Stockholm it was like well I guess I can go to the park <laughs> it's it's not the urban same. witchcraft there <laughs> yeah I mean and that's urban witchcraft is totally valid but yeah it has been mind-blowing to have access to nature in this way it's really special I moved out to the country about two years ago onto some family land and we have 10 acres here and so now I can have chickens and goats and oh that's my dream yeah and that just it, it feels really great and it's really been a boost to my own witchcraft as well mm. to be able to just go out there on my own land and connect with the land spirits and, and mm. things like that. yeah I think it's it's probably if you live in the city it, I, I at least that's how I felt I felt like it was more of a challenge like I had to seek out those quiet places and those places that I felt had that special positive vibe because I think that's what I felt a lot in Stockholm that it's a very stressful mood like the energy is very very high because you are picking up the energy of everyone that is like busy and going to work and so it's a challenge to be a witch in the city because you have to be very aware of what energies you are picking up and out here it's a lot easier. I'm a green witch so for me I have to be around mm. the trees and the, and the ground and everything. Yeah. I'm a hedge witch as well. Mm. I, so I, I'm all about doing journeys and pathworking and, and mm. spirit type things. So I, yeah. I really like being out of I wasn't in the city, but I was on the outskirts, like a suburb. So mm. I'm glad to be out in the country. Mm. So here in the southern United States, I'm not sure how much you know about the southern United States, but I can I get some pretty harsh backlash when mm. people find out that I am a pagan minister or a witch. So what what's it like being a witch in Sweden? Well, I mean, Sweden is probably the least religious country in Europe. So... Very, it's very, very rare that I will meet someone whose reaction is that, oh, you're a witch, well, then you are going to hell. That is not something that I will come across a lot. And the, the Swedish church is a very great organization, to be honest. I mean, I'm obviously not part of it, but they have, um, you know, gay marriage and it's a very open-minded kind of chill church. I don't know if they would like that description but I think it's it's not strict in that way then of course there are a lot of like smaller churches and organizations that may feel differently but in general I I have never really come across anyone that has said something like that to my face mm. I think what happens here though is that since a lot of people are atheists it will more it's more usual that it will be met with oh, that's weird, how can you believe in that? That's silly. That, that, that's pretty much, if I get a bad reaction, that's usually it. Okay, yeah. I've been given the whole you're going to go to hell thing. Mm. I've gotten that one many times. That's very yeah. popular here. <laughs> <laughs> so what would be the number one advice that you would give a new beginner witch? 
I think the most important thing is to not get stuck in one perspective because it is so easy when you find witchcraft and it's so it's such a big dose of inspiration so you you maybe you find it through a certain youtuber or a certain book or something and then you kind of continue on that track what I always try to do and looking back at my youth (laughs) I don't know if (laughs) that sounds funny but (laughs) I realized that I I probably thought I was looking into more sources than I actually was and I think it's so important not to get stuck on one track because even if Say that Wicca is the first thing that you discover and that is right for you for the rest of your life. It's still very good to look into different traditions and different ways of seeing things and different branches of Wicca because there are quite a lot of them. And just make sure that you are not getting stuck in one mindset because it's not a bad thing to look up something else and feel like this is not for me, but at least you have challenged yourself and thought about why you don't agree with that or why you agree with some of it I think that is very very important yeah that is an excellent point that is something that even even if you're not a beginner witch Mm. that's something that you can really take to heart just explore read other stuff yeah it's okay don't agree with everything you read Mm. but at least you've expanded your mind yeah What's the most important thing that you've learned on your own personal spiritual path? I think that despite me being a person who is very much about walking my own path and following my own intuition and all that, I can get stuck on certain people that I feel inspired by. And it's not really even people that I meet, but maybe it's a certain author or a certain YouTuber. And it's almost like my spirituality becomes about them because I'm so inspired by their perspective and way of seeing things. And it is something that I always have to be careful about because I can really admire someone and then they fall really hard. And <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a good thing to do because when they fall, it's almost like I lose that part of myself that was reflected in their spiritual perspective. And that is, I think it's very important, especially if you are solitary, to really reflect on who are your inspiration. Because even if you haven't met, like, your spiritual guru in real life, you may still have one. Yeah. I'm assuming you're a horror fan. So are there any horror movies or, or TV shows, comics, books that you would recommend to other horror fans? Oh, well, the thing about me is that I'm really into silent uh, cinema and like old black and white horror in general. Not because, you know, a lot of the time they won't be scary by our standards. They will either be silly, so they are kind of funny, (laughs) or they are very beautiful and atmospheric. My favorite movie of all time that have really inspired me a lot is The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It's from uh, 1920, I believe. It's a German expressionist film, and it is just so amazing. The aesthetic of it is just so cool. And it has the first twist ending in in history. So that's very cool, too, to kind of see how they did that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like to promote? Where do we find you online? What else are you doing that we can look into? 
Well, I mean, I have my Instagram, which is Miss Magic Girl. I pretty much go by Miss Magic Girl everywhere. Okay. My YouTube channel for my witchcraft and personal things are Miss Magic Girl TV. And you kind of have to write it into the YouTube search bar without like capitalizing any letters because then for some reason my channel doesn't come up. <laughs> so all, all small letters, Miss Magical TV. And if you want ASMR horror, then it's the Secret Doll Society. I highly recommend that y'all look into that. So any final words for us? What, what else would you like to tell our listeners? Well, I think for me, because something I struggle with a lot when it comes to creativity is that I I guess I just get so afraid sometimes of being creative and realizing that I have lost the ability that I get super blocked sometimes. And it's like, no, I'd rather not create today because what if I realize I have lost it completely? And that is something I struggle a lot with and especially with dealing with anxiety. It's, you know, you can have that kind of like inner mood where you just get scared of doing pretty much everything. But I think my advice and what I always try to do with myself is to just play with it. Be like, okay, well, today it, it won't be a productive day. Today I'm just going to have fun and write or today I'm just going to have fun and film. And that usually helps me so much to overcome that fear and worry. So, yeah, if I have, that's something that has worked really well for me. So maybe it will work for someone else to find that joy of playing, kind of like when you were a kid and you just made up imaginary worlds for fun. I had a guest, I think it was even just last week, who was talking about playing in in your ritual and not having it be so serious and just mm. play and enjoy even doing your spiritual things. So yeah, that's really good advice. Oh, I love that. I think that's definitely very good advice when it comes to magic as well. Yeah. And what she was talking about is how people, especially new beginner witches will get a book and they will try to do a spell exactly like the book says. Mm. And so her point was, just use your intuition and just play mm. with it. So yeah. it's really interesting that, that both of you are saying play. I think that's an important mm. theme for, for all parts of our life. Just mm. play with things. Don't be so, so serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your next uh, guest should be the joker. Why so serious? <laughs> yeah, that would be some horror going on right there. Wouldn't it? <laughs> that's what popped up. Yeah. <laughs> Magic, it has been just wonderful having you here on the show. Not only talking about your art, but your personal witchy path and the great advice that you're giving. I just love your creativity. So y'all show Magic and all of our guests some love by visiting their websites, checking out their social media. Magic has two wonderful YouTube channels. And if you chat with them, tell them that you heard them on Bell, Book, and Candle. And don't forget that you can always send me comments or questions by clicking on the link to send a little voice message to me, and I might just use it on one of our episodes. So y'all take care and y'all be blessed. Thank y'all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com 
forward slash bell book candle.